FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 221 of the podcast that goes snicked. We're your hosts, Jason and Denise Venable, and we're going to have a special bonus episode all about X-Men Prime. And because this is a special book, we have a special guest. Who could it be? I don't know. Let me check my calendar. Oh yes, it's Dan Cole. Hey Dan. Hello. <laughs> I only appear after April Fool's Day. Oh, okay. so, um, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> yes, and Dan is uh, graceful enough to join us from the Intracomics podcast, which of course should be your second favorite podcast to mine. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, really. You can say it. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It should be. I, we I should be seconded like to you. Mine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so thanks so much for coming on, Dan. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you for having me to talk. Let me talk about X Men because usually I'm not allowed. So <laughs> it's always good. Jack always shuts you up. Pretty much. That and Supergirl, I'm not allowed to speak about. Are you reading the new uh, Supergirl Rebirth book? I tried. It failed yeah. me. So I'm not anymore. <laughs> I bailed on it too. I'm a little curious about the new because I guess the new story has Batgirl in it, and I've been enjoying Batgirl to a degree. So I thought, you know, it might be okay. But, but yeah, I bailed on Supergirl. Uh, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued about um, yeah because I saw the front cover of that annual Batgirl annual. Yeah. I was like, oh, that looks like fun. We're allowed to have fun, right? <laughs> These yes. days. Yes. <laughs> Not in this book, but um, <laughs> and everywhere else. <laughs> And everything that doesn't have an X in front of it, you're allowed to have fun. <laughs> yeah, so um, X-Men Prime uh, basically is the... Uh, this is kind of like... If you ever watch those procedurals and they pull the body out and they look at the toe tag, this book to me is kind of the toe tag on Inhumans versus X-Men. I think that perfectly sums up Oh, do we, can we go home now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so, um, all right, well, so, yeah, X-Men Prime is going to be kind of the new, I guess, reboot of the new, yet again, X-Men status quo. Reading some of this, and I'll get, I'll get Dan and Denise's thoughts as we go through it, but I kind of felt like some of it maybe apologized a little bit for the, uh, what I guess we'll call the IVX era of X-Men with the whole Terrigen thing. And, you know, the writers that did this book have not, had nothing to do with any of that. So it kind of feels like they're saying, yeah, you know, let's just kind of put that over here. We're going to go do a new thing now. And, you know, I guess it'll be determined whether it's better or worse. But um, it sounds like they're trying to kind of distance themselves a little bit. Is that the impression you guys got? Yeah. More like a sort of just... Ignore, more like a ignore what happened kind of like the post Morrison X-Men it's like just ignore it it never happened <laughs> right let's move on yeah which is funny because the well, we'll talk about it in a minute but the Jean Grey design on here reminds me a lot of uh, Frank Quietly's X-Men uniforms and and funny I should say Morrison because uh, I, I think they may have borrowed the story from <laughs> someone who was after Morrison so <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and crack this bad boy open. X-Men Prime is written by a trio of writers who I guess will be going forward in the X-Men universe. Um, we have Mark Guggenheim, Greg Pak, and Colin Bunn. And then we also have a slew of artists. We have Ken Lashley, Ibrahim Roberson, I think, or a- a- I don't know how you say that. Do you know how to, anyone know how to say that? Abraham? Yeah, it's like it's like a, it's, it's a version of Abraham. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it or not. Abraham. Yeah, Abraham Roberson, Leonard Kirk, and Guillermo Ortego, and then uh, colors are by Maury Hollowell, Frank Diamana, and Michael Garland. 
Letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. And the cover is by Adrian Seoff, Jay, shh, listen, and Laura Martin. And um, we have a slew of variant covers. Uh, did you get, Dan, the main cover or the variant cover? The um, main cover. Yeah, me too. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The group, the group shot's the main cover, right? <laughs> it's yes, just, it's yeah, just the, group the big shot group shot, shot with Kenny Fried. Uh, Kenny Fried? Kenny Fried Chicken. Uh, Kenny Pride front and center. Um, and so Adrian Seoff, Seoff, I'm not sure how you say that. Um, I used to enjoy his work in DC. He did a lot of Green Lantern stuff and then did um, the new 52 Batgirl, did a lot of that. And has had some pretty good runs there. Um, and he is going to forward, going to be doing X-Men what is Gold, right, that he's doing? Yeah, I do hope he's um, a little better than this this book cover. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I'm gonna right. say. <laughs> so on the front cover, like like Dan alluded, we have a big group shot led by Kitty Pride, and then a bunch of X Men characters standing around. I actually think Kitty looks pretty decent, besides the fact that that Storm's windy hair looks, makes it look like Kitty has a white ponytail. But Kitty looks okay. The rest of the characters are just kind of barely there I don't know, it's just kind of weak looking i thought and i don't like well, I'm iceman's not... asian these days so yes he is isn't he <laughs> iceman's asian and um i'm not a huge fan of like the massive like exaggerated claws but i feel like these are a little too short on old man logan they're kind of like <laughs> i'm gonna scratch you <laughs> um Nightcrawler looks okay. Colossus is just... Most of the characters are just kind of there. I do appreciate that Jean and Rachel kind of look alike, like their facial structure. So, you know, that would make sense since, you know... Oh, that's weird. So, since young Jean is technically Rachel's mother... (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Even though though she's younger... (laughs) I see. I'm glad that they separated Old Man Logan and Jean... By a couple of people because that relationship was just a bit too creepy yeah but it looks like you're staring at her with those dead white eyes <laughs> <laughs> are these new costumes then is this what going forward this is what everyone's going to look like i hope essentially. not i hope not um some of it looks okay uh storm's kind of returned to her classic black costume kind of an update on that i think the stop the st- i think the Dom costume is kind of a regression. A little uh, bit. I don't know. They put such such effort such effort into making all of the female X Men characters not look hypersexualized right. uh, when Anchor did all the redesigns. And I feel like going back to the the <laughs> classic fi bathing suit thing kind of is a bit meh. Yeah, meh. true. But then I, I suppose she's not. You know, she's she's not important anymore. <laughs> Kitty's not <laughs> important. One, therefore, she gets she gets the trousers literally. Right, yeah, so. Kitty, yeah. Kitty gets her old X Men uniform. I, I guess I didn't realize. Are body length dusters back in chic? Yes. Are they okay? That's too bad. <laughs> Denise says yes that they are in style again. Well, at least like the trenches that go down to your knees. Okay. Well, welcome back, mid nineties. <laughs> It's really weird because, like, the the original five young children have really odd, like Cyclops, Iceman, and Angel look like they belong in the same team because of their weird Tron-like right things. But like Beast and Jean's got the puffer jacket <laughs> thing going on, and they both look like street vigilantes. <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit odd. I like, yeah. Beast looks like he just stepped out of Tekken. Yes. A little bit of Streets of Rage, bless him. Right. And then, of course, Jubilee... I don't even know what Rachel's wearing. But like, I genuinely don't, <laughs> don't understand. She, she looks like she's like an emissary from like a sci-fi channel series. <laughs> like, At least Nikon looks looks recognizable, I suppose. Yes. He's not in his armor anymore. Right. That's, that's is... a... Emo Thanks. long hair, thankfully. I, I'm glad we're getting rid of that visual. So in any version of Nightcrawler is preferable to what we've had the last year. So, <laughs> I know. 
I'm, I'm looking forward to Colossus de-armoring so we can see his nice athletic thighs. <laughs> miss, miss those oh, days. Oh, God. <laughs> and uh, Wolverine looks pretty much the same. Jubilee's back in her modern yellow trench coat. And Sabretooth pretty much looks like he's looked the last couple of years. So that's kind of your rundown. Um, yeah, Arnt's, it's not that great of a cover. It's not very imposing and is really very much just kind of a roll call. Why think? are they still in the, like, the destruction, like the, the, the school's rubble? It's really odd because this, if this is supposed to be like a, a new start, it feels very last stand. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> everything else is destroyed and these are the only X-Men left. Sort of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. It would seem like they would be standing in front of the new school not to not to blow the ending, but you know, why wouldn't they be there? I don't know. Yeah, you're exactly right. All right. Well, Denise, what do you think of the cover? So I really enjoy the fact that the women do, especially Kitty, she's drawn in a very athletic build and a very true athletic build. It's not, that's what I would expect to see if I walked into a CrossFit gym. Right. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed that, but I agree with everything y'all are saying. It's like they don't, cohesively look like a team and on top of all that it's what is with the little like white eyes on everybody <laughs> everybody has them except for kitty uh jean has you can see her green irises yeah, um, what 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 is Sabretooth stood on literally um, wait, he makes no sense see? Sabretooth literally makes no sense he, he's, he's quite forward but not right. angel is giving him a flying wedgie Angel is grabbing him by the back waistband and pulling him up in the air. <laughs> I'd say Angel's probably got the best face. He's given the like the best male face at least. Yeah, Jean Grey looks. Um, maybe it's her puffy jacket. She just looks bizarre. And does her puffy jacket have like a waistband, but then a trench on top of it? No, that's her leg. She has green down the side of her leg. And then she's got this like short-waisted jacket. It's it's weird. It is weird. <laughs> it looks like the a proportions are really like on. It looks like she has a high school letter jacket on. Yeah, and then came from Gadzooks. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that store in the nineties where you got crazy jackets. I don't think Dan had those. Oh, okay. No, but it's okay. I can I can imagine the horror. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we jump into some Ken Lashley art, and Kitty is in Chicago dancing away. She's come back. She's kind of, we're catching up with Kitty. She's left the Guardians. You know, she's done with all her Peters, and she's just going to get back into ballet. Yeah, she's getting back to her roots. Yeah. We see she has her Star of David necklace on, so kind of reminding us of her heritage. And then Storm shows up in the window in her extraordinary X-Men costume. So shiny. She's so <laughs> shiny. Like, unbelievably shiny. She looks like a hood ornament <laughs> to the X-Mobile. I love this. I, I must admit, I love this Storm outfit for the simple fact that I love her hair. Yes. So much. And I, I want this hair to stay. <laughs> Not. I don't want it to go back to the... Like weird tiara thing that we're going to get. Right. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, and I actually kind of like this page. Um, I'm not not super crazy about the midriff and the belts on this costume, but but I thought Lashley did a fine job. I mean, his art has a twinge of '90s to it, but it's not overtly like I don't know. Why are her eyes... I think it's what gone? Sorry. I was gonna say, why are her eyes blue? Well, it's her lightning power. Her, her eyes. Her eyes glow, like in the movie. Right, but there's no lightning outside. Well, no, but she's flying. Flying equals lightning? No, but it just means she's using her powers. Oh. Oh, someone's up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay, all right, well, <laughs> sorry about that. No, don't worry about Don't apologize. It's adorable. <laughs> well, not adorable for you guys, obviously. But. Yeah, that's fine. He had a nice long nap, so he's all right. So we reconvene in, a, I guess, a Chicago bar where Storm has thrown on a shroud over her costume. And uh, she's having, looks like coffee with Kitty. 
and basically Storm has come back to do what, Dan? Uh, it feels like begging, I suppose, <laughs> but um, <laughs> she, she, she's basically recapping on what's happened <laughs> and how amazing and how amazing the inhum- inhumans are and how she they the X Men was so wrong to ever question the uh, mighty um, genocidal inhumans and all the obvious problems that they had and to basically go I'm leaving because it's all my fault even though technically it isn't right. which shocks shocks Kitty. At the, that final moment of that little coffee, <laughs> I didn't know she just threw on a blooming blanket. I thought it was a jacket. I now know it's just a blanket she's just thrown over her costume. <laughs> Bless her. Yes, Denise said, uh, "Why did she wear her costume to the bar?" <laughs> <laughs> exactly, just get that. But yes, um, so we're recapped because we're not just done with IVX, unfortunately. Um, and that's probably why. Kitty's so shocked on that final panel, not because of the of what Storm's telling her. It's because she understands the poor quality of what had, what has come before. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it stares it stares her into action clearly. Yes. Right. Yeah. So uh, Storm wants to leave and leave the X Men. Uh, basically, will them to Kitty. <laughs> yeah. Can you do that? Yeah. <laughs> Here's some people have them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this part especially, um, and I don't know who wrote what in this book. I'm assuming Guggenheim, since he got top billing, probably wrote most of this. But um, this part especially felt very, like, apologetic for IVX to me. Pretty much. Because uh, with with Storm basically saying it's not what she is, what they did isn't what the X-Men are. Um, makes perfect. It is. It is sort of an apology, but I always say it's not the expense fault. They were written that way, so yeah, you know right. shouldn't have to apologize. <laughs> right. And, and maybe, just maybe, the Inhumans had it coming. Just maybe. Oh, so. definitely, definitely. But but at least at least we get some kind of um, acknowledgement that that Storm was written out of character for like the last year and a half. So, (laughs) pretty much. Was she a character in the last year and a half? It's hard to tell. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think this was sort of like a. It's not happening again. Please, readers, (laughs) please believe us. We we learned. We learned our mistake. Trust us. Trust us. (laughs) Which which moves us on to a whole new set of mistakes. It would seem. Um, Madripoor. Because I found this a bizarre jump. I assume this is Greg Pak now, because this is the X-Force teaser. X- is it X-Force? Weapon X. Weapon X, sorry. Yeah, same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing. And I, in my infinite idiocy, hoped this was Psylocke. Oh. Um, it's it's waiting death strike. She even gets yes, a snicked, which... I forgot that she sometimes makes that noise with some writers. <laughs> sure. I'm, I'm glad they, well, I'm not glad, but they clearly have not given up the X2 design of Lady Deathstrike, and I don't think they ever will. Um, I would love for, this can be your homework, Dan. <laughs> just, just kidding. <laughs> when I say this, you're going to be like, ah, oh, no, screw you. Um, <laughs> but the the continuity of Deathstrike for like the last five years is a jumbled pile of poo. And like, I don't know like where she's been. She was she was dead, then she another character took over her body and then that was ignored in in the Wolverine's miniseries. She uh came to terms with like who she was and in peace and recognized that you know Logan wasn't that bad after all and then that was ignored and she hunted down old man Logan and try to get revenge on him. And then now she's just back kind of, I don't know what she's doing now. And I feel like, and I'm not, I'm not saying that new writers can't ever say, you know what, that was a bad story. Forget about that. But I feel like her character, especially has just been all over the place the last few years. And no one really pays any attention to what happened before. Because I remember her being um, hired in, this is going to Messiah complex. Um, hired to kill the young X-Men, or, or to, like, intercept Hope, the baby. Yes. 
she definitely like put her claws through Laura and injured some of the younger X-Men at that time. She was clearly a villain then. Right. And then she seemed to be okay. And then she was in the sisterhood of evil. Right. And then she was okay again. And then... <laughs> was it Brian Wood's X-Men where she... Yeah, where she she's dying and then she gets her body taken over by someone else right. and like you said then she sort of vanished i never read wolverines thank the lord but, <laughs> you um, missed nothing <laughs> um yeah she she's she's a mess but then she's a blank slate essentially right for a pack to do whatever he wants with her and maybe she's going to be the more interesting member of that book yeah hopefully she, so but what we have here is her being sort of like a anti-hero I suppose, right. like um, returning, well, trying to get into Madripoor without uh, swimming, but ending up swimming. <laughs> and then we basically have Marvel's answer to Amanda Waller, uh, <laughs> who <laughs> can't die, um, sort of proposition her, which right. Deathstrike decides to not be a hero and just murder her in utter cold blood right not just saying like no bye just literally stab her through the chest um full-on taking probably taking a heart out in the process and then walking off and just saying she's lady deathstrike ha ha and it's kind of like that's no excuse to be psychotic <laughs> <laughs> just because you're bald deathstrike doesn't mean you have to be right and it's then, in the name then, <laughs> and then she's blown up with a rocket and i did not know she, right x20 She's a cyborg originally, right? If I remember correctly, like yes. Reavers and all that. But X twenty three made her basically Wolverine. Not X twenty three. X Men two, the film made her um, kind of like a female Wolverine, right? Essentially, yeah, she was a mutant know, in that in that movie. Feel, yeah, and it feels like they're going with the X two day of strike because I didn't know she just like self heal. But then I suppose if she's a cyborg, I'm really confused of what what the, what the hell she is. <laughs> and then obviously Amanda Waller like with chest open is is fine and yeah carla and then we move all the way to some classified location in washington dc with basically the x-men's answer to suicide squad being uh touted oh no is that what that book's gonna be well it just sound you know it's like um no one will miss any of them until it's too late right. sort of thing it's kind of like well, let's pick the psychopaths <laughs> yes uh, the sociopathic loners, and I feel really bad because, like, Warpath's there. And I'm like, I'm sure he he's okay. He hasn't been in a book for ages, but I thought his story was kind of like he's come to terms with his violence and right. sort of moved from there. But uh, obviously, you know, we need because it's not X Force, but it is. They kind of want they want that X Force that worked, not Remender's Uncanny X Force, which obviously did work, but they don't want to like mimic that. But they wanted the one prior, the Chris Yost. Yes. Um, X-Force, they clearly want that to come back because that was quite popular as well. Right. So maybe just like putting Warpath in, um, Domino, you know, yeah. mixing up a bit. And people do love Sabretooth and obviously Oman Logan has to be in every book. <laughs> um, <laughs> Why are we repeating this mistake? <laughs> yeah, and uh, I think Greg, Greg, Greg Pack probably picked Deathstrike. Like if he, I don't feel like he personally picked this team. If you look at it, it just feels a bit so there you I, go. Yeah, <laughs> but I feel like I feel like he could do something really cool with Domino. Oh, I think he's a great writer, so I'm interested. It's a shame. This is the book of land, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah it's artist. Greg and Greg. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just comic. a shame he's going to be on it because Domino is going to make that horrible face constantly, <laughs> which, you know, biting, biting the thumb and all that jazz. Right. Right. Uh, oh, but, uh, I, I, so how? Right, over under. How many issues before Domino has a glove that she pulls off of her hand with her teeth? Two. Okay. <laughs> I'll give it. I'll give him three, but I'm gonna go. With, yeah, I'm gonna give him three. But I wouldn't be surprised if in the second issue she fires her gun uh, and pulls a, a, a glove off of her teeth. Right. Um, but I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt of three. Um, as a whole, as like a prologue to Weapon X. Um, 
it doesn't do anything for me. Because no. all I did was read it and went, what is this then? Is this just Suicide Squad X-Men style? So I was just like, I don't, I don't know. And the characters, un- aside from maybe Domino and Warpath, the characters don't jump out as essential reading for me. I know that's crazy because this is a Wolverine podcast and Wolverine is literally sat there. <laughs> not the um, real one. The <laughs> yeah, he's not. He is. If that was Logan, actual Logan, normal age, middle age Logan, or whatever you want to call him. Right. Um, <laughs> Midwife crisis, uh, Logan. <laughs> I would, I, I would be more on board, even though I'm not a massive Wolverine fan. Even I'm missing the original Logan. Yes, very <laughs> much. You know, because like, uh, what I have noticed uh, talking about Wolverine is that Laura isn't in any of the team books. I know she's still got her book, but she's in none of the team books at all, and I think that is a bit weird. It is I, weird. I'm glad she's not in this one. Oh, yes, it, she doesn't, doesn't need to be fit, It doesn't fit where she's going as a character. But, but like, yeah. I thought she'd be in X-Men Gold at least. Or maybe X-Men Blue. I don't well, I feel like she should be in a big team book. Right. I thought she should be in Champions, to be honest. Um I think she'd be great in Champions. I also think she would work work really well in Generation X. Um Yeah. So but that that brings up a good question though. Do you think they're really gonna stick with X-Men Blue, like, as the only five characters? Or do you think they'll have a supporting cast as well? I hope they have the supporting cast. It's already touted that Magneto is going to be in the book. Oh, um, okay. It's, it's, it's written by Bun, isn't it? So I assume he's going to just carry on his right? Magneto. Because <laughs> um, that's literally what he's been doing, is just writing yes. a Magneto book ever right. since he started writing Magneto. <laughs> um and I love him for it because he's, he's done a really good, kind of like X Men Legacy, like Mike Curry, who did a really good Rogue and a really good like right. Professor X sort of book. I, I do like the fact that Bun will have that through line of having Magneto in every book he's do, X book he's done. Yeah. Um, I really do hope Blue has a rotating cast because it sounds like it probably won't because of what we're going to talk about in a minute. Right. Um, but I think the original five need. Um, something some, something <laughs> else because all new X-Men's not a, the one that just finished wasn't a bad um, book it was ha- hacked to bits because of crossovers yes. and a few weird ideas but as on a whole it was a decent enough book but yeah. I think it really benefited from having two completely different and sort of newer mutants in there right I think it benefited having it separates the five and it's not just like that incestuous family that they sort of become in right. Bendis' run where it's just like us versus the world kind of <laughs> stuff so I, I think it needs I think Gold needs a rotating cast of characters to be honest because I, I generally think uh, as a X-Men fan the X-Men I the X-Characters I like aren't represented as much obviously Nightcrawler's there he is my favourite right. but I don't I feel like they've gone with um, Claremont and yeah. the original five. Right. And then they've gone with, well, Wolverine and the X-Men kind of sold, and that was real kooky, so that'll be our Generation X. And we've got a violent one, and then we've got Astonishing X-Men, which it's just targeted, what, anyone that likes massive name characters? I don't know, it's really weird. <laughs> it's nice to see Bishop back, but it's a weird team to, like, um, promote. Like I'm sat there thinking, where are the X Factor guys? Where are like, where are the Generation X kids? And, like generally, there's a book called Generation X, and you've only got Jubilee. <laughs> seems a bit, a bit of a disservice. Um, and I, I, I think there's some characters like I'm not saying like throw Monet back in or whatever, um, because like Magic is in this is in X Men Prime, but she's in no X book. Yeah, that we know of, right? Afterwards. And she's supposed to be Kitty's like best friend. I thought that was kind of. Because I have a feeling they're so busy divorcing themselves from the inhuman disaster of the Xbox at the time that they're trying to like sort of distance themselves by cutting out things that relate to it. So, oh, that didn't work. So Kitty's not there. It's like it's like how they distance themselves with Bendis by killing Cyclops and turning Emma evil. <laughs> and then there's that, that that talk about Emma's going to have her own X Men group in Secret Empire. It, oh. it just seems it just seems ins- it, it seems insane, but I bet you that's the best X Men book you'll read. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of a Hellions redo. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's not get on Emma. It was so depressing what happened to to her. <laughs> but anyway, we're here to talk about Prime. It's about hope and moving forward. Yes. That's what we should do. And, and numbers that won't divide by the, anything else. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Storm takes Kitty back to Limbo to show her where they moved the school, and Kitty's like, "Whoa!" So this part I thought was weird because apparently. Uh, not only are we kind of saying IVX, we're going to kind of sh- sweep that under the rug. We're going to completely ignore the issue last week of Extraordinary X-Men that came out where they literally evacuated everybody from Limbo back to Earth. But now they're all back here. <laughs> <laughs> and I really, I like the awkward, like, uh, Colossus Kitty meeting and that Colossus had moved into her room like a, a pure stalker move. I thought that was funny and awkward and they don't really talk. And um, yeah. And of course they're going to be in the same book. So we'll see how that all plays out. But this very, this, that scene f- feels very much like it's going to be the X-Men, you know, we promise it's going to be the X-Men that you remember <laughs> sort of thing. Right. Like, I, I, I feel like we've had the apology. Now it's sort of like the gambit of trying to sell us on what we could see. And I feel like Weapon X is like, if you like violence, come here. And if you and now we're going to X-Men Gold, which is kind of like a full-on nostalgia trip. Because right. we're using Kitty, which is basically, let's be fair, Kitty's one of nearly everyone's, in everyone's like top five or top ten X-Men characters of all time. Yes. She'll, she'll, she'll definitely be slipping in there. Um, she's universally liked. No one's going to be like, oh shit, Kitty's in it. Right. Most people are like, oh wow, Kitty's there. You know? And then everyone's like, oh, Lockheed might be in it too. Yay! Um <laughs> And then, and then to, to do exactly what Waden does and prey on everyone's obsession with the Colossus Kitty dynamic. So, um, <laughs> what Waden did in his like first montage was like, oh, this is how important Kitty is, because it, it feels very much like Josh Waden's Astonishing X Men right. um, at the moment, it does. where it's like bring bring Kitty in to become the heart and soul of the franchise for a little bit. Which I have no real qualms with, but it's kind of like, if you're going to repeat someone, maybe not do Waden. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does, I think at the moment, it's it, it, that is a really nice scene. It is very stalkerish that he moved in, but you know, she was in space, so he can't right. blame the dude. Yeah. Um, and there was that weird moment where he's, from Waden's X-Men, where he's like in his pants holding her. Oh, he, she's holding him. Well, like right. with, a, with a really dead, floppy arm. I had like her arms just <laughs> seem to be popping. Yeah, she's like, eh, don't touch me. <laughs> but it it kind of preys on that sort of look nostalgia. That we're going back to our roots. We're going to talk about the melodrama. And yes, that's the word melodrama. To be honest, I I do miss that. The extraordinary X Men, uncanny X Men. Uh, whatever else was released in those tiny little X- X-Men books we were allowed to read through the IVX phase. Um, the melodrama wasn't really there in no, most of them. It was uh, boring. What, <laughs> yeah, what we as X-Men fans would fall in, have fallen in love with is, has been absent for quite some time. But um, I don't know. Like, It's unfair to compare, compare it to like Claremont or, or anyone <laughs> that's done a really good run in X-Men who can balance melodrama action and the like sort of the political allegories of it. So I don't mind if they're just going to go, we're going to focus on the melodrama and just have an X-Men that you're going to be like, oh, cool, they play baseball and they actually fall in love. <laughs> I think that would be refreshing for a little right. bit. Yeah, I agree. It may get, you know. But moving on from that joyous, we're reminded that, <laughs> and I totally forgot, but we're reminded that um, Jubilee, who doesn't speak, really in this issue um yeah. has a child i yeah. totally forgot that she has a child yeah. she's got a baby she's still a vampire and that's all you yeah. need to know i guess they didn't wreck i thought secret was they would at least try to retcon the vampire thing yeah i thought <laughs> so I mean? too i really did too but but they, they really up. want that you yeah. know they really don't like firework powers clearly <laughs> i guess not <laughs> It was. I like the whole "how does I even ever get this old" comment because sometimes I feel like that too. Yes. Uh, 
So, and it's nice to see sort of when she's walking around, and and it was nice to see Noriko and um, Nenzna from uh, New Mutant, new the new X Men from sort of like the mid two thousands. Yeah, the Academy X arc. Yeah, the X. Yeah, and I was like, ooh, this is nice. See, we're actually seeing people that people have been asking for for ages. <laughs> I thought the, the blue haired ba- girl. I thought she didn't have arms. Yeah, that was weird. It's just weird. <laughs> when they're playing but, basketball, having fun, and Kitty's like, "Okay, I can maybe get on board with this." But she needs to go blow off some steam, apparently. Yes. Yeah. The whole she saw a Colossus and she saw a baby, and her biological clock started ticking, and she has to go to the danger room. <laughs> Pretty much, which leads us to our little next little uh, vignette, which is essentially. Jean decides she's better than everyone else, so she'll take over control of uh, the original five, and yeah. we'll just leave the mansion before anyone tells us otherwise. Right. By the way, what... the team that she left. <laughs> yeah, I've returned to you now to command you all. Bless you. Um, Bless you. Yeah. She does have a nice like. There is a there is a um, interesting moment where she's all like, "If I'm going to call the shots, I can't have you all tripping over yourselves to protect me." Yeah, that was cool. I quite, I quite like that, and I don't care what anyone says about this Jean. She, she and how Bendis writes her, or however, she reads like Jean. People forget that Jean's a stuck-up. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. People forgot that. People forgot Jean was not oh, oh, like this. Don't sort you of... worry, Dan. Denise does never. She never forgets that. <laughs> yeah. Denise understands. Like yes. everyone, like I know that when people die, people just see the good side. Right, but she was so annoying. Like, <laughs> generally, so annoying. She's cool in a couple of things, but other than that, she's just like I know better than everything. No one has Cyclops cheated on her. You just would, just to get right. away from her for five minutes. But anyway, no, we knew the Cyclops <laughs> yelling "Gene" in this in this book, so that's nice. I did, yeah. That was a good old Cyclops. But um, I forgot they wore these costumes for five seconds, even though I've read an entire like. <laughs> Issues. All right, so let's talk about that for a second because obviously there's, like, like we've talked about, kind of ad link, kind of the divorcing from the previous era. But I feel like some of these costumes, these guys are having to take a step back. I think Jean's costume here is better than the one she's going to wear. I think Beast is as well. Yeah, and Angels isn't bad. I kind of like Cyclops's. Those new ones all right too. So I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just mostly Jean. <laughs> what what I think though is what would have been interesting is if Cyclops didn't join them. Yeah. Right. And just... was just like I'm I'm permanently a a champion now. Yeah. Because I I do not know how Mark Wade wrangled a mutant onto a headlining book. <laughs> so like kudos to him. Yeah, definitely. Um, they even but, mention uh, it in here. Iceman is like, is this like the champions? <laughs> like, I don't mind if they're going to have like, champions back and forth, but it'd be nice, like you were saying, should they have someone else with them? What if Cyclops went and just stayed with the champions and they had someone else replace him? Right. Like a different character. Yeah. You know? And especially if he's not going to lead the team. It doesn't, I mean, not not to say he's not important, but I mean, I think I think why you can't do that is because at some point... And it's going to have to happen in an X book, right? Like, they're not going to turn that over to somebody else. But at some point, we're going to have to get an actual real story about him and Emma besides just the IVX. Oh, it was her. (laughs) And then something else happens. And then we completely just flush that storyline down the toilet. Like, at some point, they're going to come back into contact. And it could be a really good story. And so I'm assuming they're going to have to want to tell that in an X book and not over in Champions, so so, so it sounds like the mission. It sounds like the mission statement is go out to the world and find not just her, but their own path. Like find right. what they're going to do. Which ironically, isn't that Dennis? Ho- wasn't that what they were doing in yeah. the All New X Men when Hopeless was doing it? Yep, the road trip X Men, exactly. So so everything new is old again. Yeah, because <laughs> I. 
I would have really, I would have really sh- um, shaken Next Men Blue up and been like, well, Jean's come to lead them. We have like Sorcerer Supreme Beast, and we'll keep Iceman. But Angel's gone off into all new Wolverine as a permanent cast member, right. and send Cyclops off into Champions, and then maybe keep like then maybe have like um, like some I don't maybe not Jubilee, but like some other younger mutants that you haven't seen before, like Hellion or one there that'd be redundant. Two Teleconnects is a bit too much for one team, right? But um, just some other mutants just from anywhere just even kid apocalypse and um ed is it ed yeah id um just them to keep them two on, yeah. on the team because they worked with the other characters they actually kind of worked together i would have just yeah i'll just get some of those or bring hope back that would be nice wouldn't yeah, it that would be interesting. <laughs> that would be really weird yeah so and just have like I don't know, have like Husk or someone be like the den mother or one or like Danny Moonstar or anyone. Ooh, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. I don't think I. Yeah, I I would love to see Danny do something. I don't think she couldn't be on this team because she would immediately just take it over. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> She'd be like, I know you guys don't know what you're doing. Y'all are gonna listen to me now. <laughs> I probably like put like um, Rockslide and Noel and stuff like that on the team. Right. It's like it'd be it just I don't know bug the team out a bit. Like so, if you said you only had Gene, Iceman, and um, Beast, maybe bulk it up with three more characters and then just have like a core group of six, but with a rotating supporting cast of other young mutants. Because it could be a youthful book. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they're going to have, you know, who Maybe knows? Something the kids like, right. <laughs> yeah, so then they talk about reality crumbling, which, which did you read the uh, the last issue of All New? Yes, and... Okay, can you explain that to me at all? Because I don't get it. Right, essentially, um, oh God. Let's, on for, for the record, I'm not bothered about what they actually came, the conclusion they came to. Right. Um, I know some people will be upset because it means that they can't send the original five home. Well, they never specifically. were. Yeah, right. But um, essentially, Beast, in his infinite wisdom, didn't go back into his own past. He went into their past, which is seemingly a different dimension or different timeline, and he brought them back, not the ones that were actually part of his timeline. That makes sense. Okay. That doesn't really make sense. Well, because they, they, they seem to go to great lengths to say that, that it was the same timeline and somehow that got replaced. So that's where I got confused. Yeah, because it it's, at first I thought time just generated new <laughs> young versions of them. Right. Like um, they Jurassic parked it. Like life will find a way. <laughs> exactly. But it's the way Beast, I think, explains it in that book is the idea that it isn't the time it can't be the where they're from is not the past of the timeline they're in now because it doesn't because ex- then they can't because ex- it doesn't explain the fact that there are younger oh, versions oh, 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 oh I, I missed what you said so you're saying that old beast went to a different timeline yes he like, went like to the a different very timeline. beginning okay cool all right all right that so, would make sense and they yeah. just didn't know which to be fair he was really ill at the time so maybe <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Press the buttons wrong, but I can imagine <laughs> that has pissed off a hell of a lot of people. <laughs> right, if that's the excuse. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well. So anyway, the gist of this is that the the all new X Men are not really in the danger room. This is a pre-recorded video or three D hologram loop. That was just playing until someone came to interrupt it so that Gene could say, oh, by the way, we're already gone. Peace out. In our own Blackbird, which looks like the, uh, the classic Blackbird. Yeah. So then we go, um, Magic shows up, and Magic and Kitty rebond. And then they talk about, you know, how Kitty has agreed she is going to be part of the X-Men or even lead the X-Men. And they call all the kids together. Including, I, I, I didn't know Nosferatu was an X-Man, but he, there he is, front and center. Uh, <laughs> and weird long-haired Nightcrawler and, and Colossus in his 
fake Captain America t-shirt. <laughs> and yeah. Maybe that's a maybe that's like a secret empire thing oh, that Colossus is a member. Maybe, maybe so. But um yeah, so Kitty's like, all right, well we're gonna we're gonna lead the X-Men and I thought of you the first time I read this. Where she goes, but we're also going to show the world what we are. Not mutants, not freaks, not homo superior, but heroes. And so I was like, oh, Dan, Dan's always wanting more hero. Like, and this is something we've kind of talked about and agreed with, and y'all talk about it on the uh, Intercomics podcast quite a bit, is that we're ready for our heroes to be heroic again. And Yes. And so I'm hoping that they deliver on that a little bit. And the X-Men are like just straight up good guys out doing, trying to make the world a better place and, you know, sticking up for the little people and the marginalized groups, which is what the X-Men are best at. And just fighting bad guys and kicking ass. You know, I just, I hope that's what we really get. And I hope it's well done because this has potential. Yeah. It borrows heavily from the whole, uh, we need to astonish them. Yes. Uh, Right. Idea. Um, but to have them front and center to not only be sort of recognized by the publishing arm, but in the comic universe as well as a legitimate heroic group of people would be quite nice. Yes. Um, as long as you don't just do Avenger stories all the time and <laughs> you just you know and you do do homage to the to the or just not homage but literally keep the core values of them fighting for the little guy right you know which we um, need now just in general I mean gosh <laughs> like there's plenty of stuff to borrow from and to make analogy to there's, there's just a lot going on that we need heroes for and you know, one of the things that the X-Men have always, always been great at is kind of reflecting in real life. And there's no shortage of story inspirations right now. And nope. so Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Um, I think people will want and need a, a hopeful X-Men. Um, yeah. And for, for all of sort of like my cynicism towards the book... I think the idea that they're going to go forward with a ray of hope and basically fight for the dream again makes me hopeful that we will see at least one out of these five or six books. (laughs) One book may actually deliver on that premise. And, you know, I'd appreciate that. Because you've got... And to be fair, the the books do seem really quite varied. Um, Yeah. Because when it ends, it ends with all the books that are being released, doesn't it? Is that seven books plus Astonishing, which I don't know who who that's targeted at. But because um, <laughs> X Men Gold is very classical, right? For want of a better word, X Men Blue is original five, but is a road trip. So it's very X Men Abroad, which people love X Men Abroad stories. Right. Um, Weapon X is your darker x-men um story generation x is the misfit story which you know everyone needs we've had new mutants we had the old generation x we've had the x-men academy everyone wants that sort of sort of story um and then obviously you've got three solo books when to be honest i am still my mind still doesn't understand why gene and iceman have a solo book no but Cable is because it wouldn't be a 90s resurgence without a Cable book, I imagine. (laughs) I, for one, am very, very happy that he may not have come out in the best of ways, but a a book with a gay leading man is quite a... With basically the most... Technically, he's the highest profile gay character in either company. Right. So, And let's be honest... It's been a long time coming. The Phoenix definitely needs needs a comic book. I know Jean's in it as well, but it's nice right. to see that the Phoenix is going to get its own solo book because, you know, people <laughs> are so obsessed with that cosmic bird. Right. So, and to be honest, I'm actually looking forward to the Jean book quite a bit. Cause right, okay. the, the creative, the creative, <laughs> no, Because the creative team uh, is hopeless and, oh my goodness, I've yes. forgotten the rest of the... But it's quite a strong creative team. So I was quite like, ooh, Maybe. Yeah, I'll give, um, it, I'll give it a shot. Don't don't tell Denise. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm, I'm going to give it a shot, but uh, my dislike of Gene might mean that I just <laughs> drop it. Instantly. Right, right. Because, uh, you know, I'll have twice... X-Men Blue and that, that's twice too, twice too many Gene, I feel. Um, <laughs> but my question is, out of all of them... Oh, and Astonishing X-Men is basically big-name artists, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and they unfortunately, the... And they revealed who's going to do the first arc on it yet? Uh, Jimmy Chung. Is oh, that's right. Do. That's right. But it's it's basically a who's who of good artists with some actual genuine superstar artists. Right. Unfortunately, Sewell is writing it, who I think is. I thought he hated the X Men, but clearly he's not done with them yet. Um, <laughs> So he we'll see a, how that goes. He is a weird bird for me. I I have a very love-hate relationship with him. There's some stuff he writes that I love. Like, for example, right now is Daredevil. It's really good. And then there's some stuff. He just puts out some garbage, too. It's really hard to get a good read. He's just so inconsistent for me. And maybe it's just the fact that maybe he's not a bad writer. He just writes some stuff I don't care about and some stuff I like. I don't know. But... Yeah, we'll see what he does. He always seems like um, when he wants to do a project, She-Hulk, Daredevil, the the book seems decent. Right. Uh, but it feels like he's a yes man as well. <laughs> so he just says yes to doing projects, and then we get like his inhuman stuff. Because <laughs> let's be fair, he took over from Matt Faction, who was like left Marvel in that haze of whatever happened. Right. And he was talking up the Inhumans books because he was going to be the Inhumans writer, wasn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as like a Game of Thrones meets, um, I can't remember what he compared it to, but like a like this operatic royalty versus a new generation of Inhumans kind of legacy thing going on. Right. It sounded fascinating. Yeah. And then he eaves off, <laughs> and Sewell is sat there picking up the pieces. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, pretty and, much. You know, and then he's and then essentially he he Marvel have them have a head-on collision with arguably their most one of their most recognizable franchises where going into it, everyone in this world does not want the Inhumans to win. Right. So, um, <laughs> so unfortunately he's, he's had to, but I think he, I don't know when he, it feels like when he said yes to a project, it, you can tell the ones he wants to do and the ones he's doing because he, he can, yeah, but nice. he met astonishing X-Men may be astonishing. So right. I, I'll eat my words. I'll see. I'll obviously, uh, come back. My, the one. Which one are you literally looking forward to the most? Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, so, uh, uh, well, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm after reading this. I'm kind of cautiously optimistic about all of them, but not terribly excited about any of them. But hoping that I'll be wrong. If that makes sense. Hmm. So I think there's some good concepts laid out here. So um, before we get to that, what do you think about them putting the school in Central Park? Because basically magic teleports the school from limbo to the smack dab, the green area of Central Park. And that's where the X-Men are going to have their base of operations from. Isn't that illegal? I would assume so. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how America works. It seems like in Marvel <laughs> you can do whatever the hell you want. Right. But um, like... On the one hand, it's an interesting idea. Um, it definitely makes them superheroes because every superhero lives in the middle of New York. Right. But at the same time, I'm like, what is wrong with Westchester? Like generally, what? <laughs> like what? What? Because yeah. I understand the concept. They want to be seen. They don't want to be hidden away. Right. But like they was, they've been seen many times. <laughs> like San Francisco, for example. But. I, uh, uh, it has potential, is what I'm going to say. Right. It also has a potential to sort of like be nondescript, like really nondescript, like like it doesn't really matter where they are, if that makes makes sense. Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't there a point of time, or maybe it always is? Isn't Avengers Mansion pretty close to Central Park? Yeah, I thought I thought so. Okay. I don't know where the Avengers live anymore. Cause, I, I don't like, know. <laughs> like, is there, is there a park? Is there a like a tower now or is it a warehouse they were in a warehouse like in jersey right (laughs) or something like that um yeah i'm not sure it's definitely a statement that's for sure yeah yeah so um what do you think of the of the art in this book kind of our 
buffet of um, artists that go through here. I don't like the fact that people's eyes often don't have pupils in. Right, especially uh, on Lashley's pages. Yeah, and when and on Lashley's pages, when he recreates the uh, Adam uh, Art Adams cover for X Men Blue, it just seems a bit off. And people look much older than I thought they would be because they're supposed to be kids. But on the whole, Lashley's pages aren't that bad. No, they're pretty good, I thought. I think I have more problem with the colour work. Like, everything is a little too shiny, or there's a lot of white. Like, white coloration and pretty much everything. Like, the shading seems a little bit too bright. Yeah. Especially on characters with, like, dark costumes, like Magic. Or or Storm's costume is a bit too shiny. Even Kitty's jacket seems a little too bright. I know they're trying to, like, put across this whole, it's a bright new dawn thing, but I don't know. And I don't know what's happened to um, Kirk in recent years, but his art used to be stunning and it just seems a bit rushed here yeah which part did he do did he do the uh, all new x-men part yeah yeah yeah, he did the all new x-men part it just seems a bit Uh, just kind of average i thought because his art in um let's go back a little bit but his art in captain britain and mi-13 was just gorgeous and even his art on his run are we allowed to say fantastic four i can't remember if you're allowed to say that name yeah but um, (laughs) Yeah. His 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 run on Fantastic Four was really nice, and yeah. but between this and the Squadron Supreme stuff he does, I feel like he's just either he's got a different inker to ink his work or something's just feels like something's off right. all the time. Yeah, I can see that. Willing enough, I prefer the um, Weapon X art. It's probably the, the art I prefer the most. But yeah. even that's sort of just really bland. <laughs> right. I don't know. It just—it all feels very bland, and the colors feel very washed. Yeah. It's—it's um, it's, it's not a visually um, like sort of. If you want to start a franchise off, it, it's visually quite muddy. So right. it just doesn't do anything. Like if you—if you've come for the art, I thought they would have let the people who were doing each individual book draw it. Not that I want land art and everything. But you know, you'd, you'd assume they draw the if it's supposed to be a promotion, right? <laughs> yeah, because that's what this it, is, right? I mean, it is a uh, here's what's next kind of book, a transition point A to point B. So yeah, you would think they would just get the get the teams, but they probably were too busy trying to catch up on their issues. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah. But artistically, I think it's a bit drab. That's probably the best way to say. Yep, I would agree. And so as far as the story, um, you know, we talked about kind of what we hope to see going forward. And I think there's some good ideas presented here or some good reason to say, hey, it would be nice if they followed through on this. Don't know how much of an actual story it is, but I, I don't know if I really expected one in this kind of book. Like we kind of knew Coming in, it was going to be a uh, kind of a previews <laughs> of of the new books and kind of setting the stage and giving a little teases. And so I thought all that, that was fine. Um, yeah. What, what did you think? I think it's, it would be unfair to judge the book on like, like a narrative merit right. outside of it being basically just a glorified advert yes. for what's next. And it does that better than some books that I've read though um, but at the same time this is like the throwaway for, this is going to be cut up into chunks in the, and put into trades with X-Men Gold ah. Weapon X and stuff, like, and stuff like that you know they're just going to be thrown at the beginning of each trade and going oh look it's some material from X-Men Prime boom <laughs> sort of thing because I'm just I just sit there and go it's alright but it's not going to do anything like it doesn't even it doesn't even bother promoting uh, Generation X at all. Like, no. it just has Jubilee. It doesn't do anything other than say that she, Kitty, feels old. Right. It doesn't promote that book in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't even mention Cable. No, not um, at all. Not at all. Or, or the adult Iceman, because it's adult Iceman in, in the Iceman book, and he's nowhere to be seen, really. So it's kind of mm. like a weird moment, I suppose, to promote so many books, but not all of them. 
Yeah, that but is kind of weird. It does try and fit too much in, I think, for its page limit. If it was just the Kitty story, it probably would have panned out easier. You know, I don't think they needed the Weapon X stuff. You probably could have done that with some. You could have done Lo- just used Logan as like a backdoor into that series, right. as opposed to Lady Death Strike. But um, it does its job. It's, it it shows you that they've got a specific idea in mind of going forward. So it's not as if we can slate it for for not doing what it was set out to do. Right. 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 All right. Well, what do you want to? It feels weird to grade a book like this, but that is what we do on the podcast, the Ghost Nick. So when are you going to grade X-Men Prime? Um, it's inoffensive, but I think it's inoffensive to the point where it's kind of like forgettable. Um, <laughs> so I think, I think it, I'm going to give it uh, two, two and a half okay. out of six. All right. I'm going to go straight down the middle. I'll give it three out of six claws. Uh, it's not bad. But it's not great. Like, it's in that weird, it's, even for like its purpose, like, it's in that weird kind of area that like, it gives me some reason to be hopeful for the X-Men books, but it doesn't get me excited about them. And so it doesn't even really, I think, 100% succeed at what it was trying to do. <laughs> um, and maybe I'm just too... I don't know, maybe maybe the last year and a half has felt like homework reading the X-Men books and I'm just I just I'm gonna have to actually get into it before I really appreciate it again. But um I don't know, we'll see. But but yeah, I'll give it I'll give it three out of six claws. Let me uh let me go grab the baby and see if Denise has any thoughts. I'll be right back. All right. Well Denise was um intending to join us, but you know, one thing about having babies is there's no such thing as best laid plans. Um, <laughs> we schedule this around the normal time that Oliver takes his naps. And of course, he took, an, he took an early nap. He fell asleep. He was tired and then woke up right in the middle as we got started. But she did say that she would give it four out of six claws. She really enjoyed Lashley's art in particular and just thought that this felt like such a change up from what she'd been reading in the X books that she was really glad to see it. Now, I think, I think that's an interesting perspective because she doesn't have necessarily the history that you and I have, Dan. And so a lot of the best X books are like before she ever started reading anything. And so I think coming when you, when you put this from the fact that most of what she's read was the tail end of Bendis and then, the garbage we've had the last few years, I think this would seem really great compared to that. <laughs> this would seem like, yes, this, this would seem astonishing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think in that perspective, I, I definitely understand her going a little higher than us. So that definitely makes sense. Cool. Well, Dan, man, thank you so much for coming on and talking some X-Men with me. I really appreciate it. Love having you on the show when we get the chance to do it. I know time zones and, and babies have prevented us from doing as much as I would like but um, I appreciate you taking some time out of your Sunday night to meet with us thank you very much I, I appreciate being on it's, it's fun yeah. to talk about X-Men yes definitely so, so why don't you uh, why don't you give the listeners in case they don't know that they should by this point let's be honest but um, why don't you go ahead and give like your Twitter and the Intercomics podcast info and all that stuff all your plugs we can find you can find everything in the comics uh, by going to Google and just putting into comics podcast on. Uh, from there, you can um, view, listen to us, viewers, listen to us on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Uh, find the Twitter. Um, we're on Patreon. If you, if people want to just support us without listening to us, that'd be lovely. Um, <laughs> but go, go out and uh, listen. Uh, we we talk uh, the breadth of comic books. Um, we try to be a little bit more positive jason allows me to be a bit more negative here so um i'm still negative it's fine um uh, other than that you can find me at gizmo151183 on twitter where i may be having a nervous breakdown about the state of the world but still enjoying comic books so that's okay that's what comics are for right exactly good old-fashioned escapism pretty much yeah Awesome. Well, as usual, uh, you can like the 
podcast at GoSnicked on Facebook. Twitter is at SnickCast. Uh, website with show notes is snickcast.podbean.com and all that good stuff. So, and, you know, go listen to some Inner Comics podcast. It's, uh, it's a great show. I was really bummed Jack actually asked me to come on to talk about Logan with you guys, but um, again, baby, I haven't seen it yet. So, um, if anybody wants to come over to our house and babysit our baby so I can go see Logan, that would be great. I would love for some stranger off the internet to just hop on over. <laughs> I would be your very, very, very far away. Yes. <laughs> you know? I, I think you and Ollie would get along fantastically. But, um, yeah, so anyway, um, definitely, if, if I think most of my listeners have already started listening to you guys. But if you haven't, get over there and give them a shot. They're a really good show and really fun guys. And it's a nice, humorous show. Lots of, there's always, like, one or two, like, just golden one-liners from every episode. And so, um... Yeah, give that a shot, and um, uh, what's next? Uh, I think next up, we'll just we'll finish out the books for um, March and get, get that done. So uh, we'll we'll talk about the aforementioned canceled Ghost Rider and some other stuff. So that's what's coming. So again, thank you very much for coming on, Dan, and um, we will see y'all next time. Thank you. All right, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye bye, and snacked.